Financial problems can be stressful, exhausting, and embarrassing. At the law offices of John T. Orcutt, we've been practicing bankruptcy law for more than 30 years. We've seen it all, and we're here to guide you through this uncertain time. Tune in as we walk you through the bankruptcy process, the myths, the misconceptions, the secrets, and answer your questions that have been keeping you up at night. Ready to put this chapter of your life behind you? Let's get fresh started. Today, I spoke with John Orca, founder and partner at the law offices of John T. Orcutt here in North Carolina, which has been around since the 80s and then almost exclusively focusing on bankruptcy since the late 90s. He knows more than most about how difficult it is to get a message to the public about the benefits of bankruptcy laws. So, first we discussed the phrase, the power of bankruptcy, then people thinking they might still owe certain debts afterwards, how bankruptcy laws can override other laws, how it can function as a restraining order against creditors, the top mistakes we hate to see, how someone can get free advice, and the predictability of the system. Lastly, we talk about how people can get answers faster, advice for our fellow North Carolinians, and why caring matters. One of the first questions I wanted to start off with is, you and I both write a lot of ads, and there's a phrase we use a lot. Now that we have more time, it feels like it merits more of an explanation. We use the phrase, the power of bankruptcy. And, you know, what does that mean to you? And what should it mean to the people we're talking to? Well, the reason I use that term or started to use that term is because there are certain misconceptions about bankruptcy, and we're always fighting against those. It's almost like it's, it's either certain things that people hear that give them a wrong impression, or it's hardwired into them. I don't know for sure. But hopefully by using the word the power of bankruptcy, which is a very accurate use of that word, it one, will get people's attention, okay? And two, it kind of allows a lead-in to some credibility in terms of when, for instance, I mean, we use things like get rid of debt or that it puts creditors under control to really try and get across just how wonderfully powerful that is. I think a lot of people don't understand or pick up that bankruptcy is really, when we use the term bankrupt, we're really talking about the laws of bankruptcy. And by laws, we mean the U.S. federal bankruptcy law. And it is extremely powerful because it's the one thing in the world that gives you in your lifetime the ability to tell the creditors what's going to be done rather than them telling you what's going to be done. And then there's lots of examples of the power, as in the fact that basically bankruptcy is designed to get rid of debt. But when we say that, people think, see, they're so hardwired to paying their debts, and that's a good thing, right? But they come to us because they can't. And when we say we're going to get rid of debt, a lot of times they'll turn to us and they're going to say, well, so when do I have to pay it back? And the answer is they don't. I mean, on a lot of the debts we get rid of, what else in the world can just simply get rid of debt? Like you owe the debt, you file, you don't owe the debt. I've many times referred to it as sort of a magic, the magic of bankruptcy is, or the power of bankruptcy in the sense that you owe, poof, you don't owe. And we do that for purposes of really getting into people's head that that debt is gone fully 
finally and forever, because it's only when people really understand that it's really gone, gone, gone. Forgiven, if you want to say, I use a lot of terms. Forgiven is a good one. Like that's like sins that are forgiven are gone forever. You don't have to kind of get another forgiveness for the same sin. Right. You don't have to re-up. Yeah. I remember back to law school. One of the first classes you take is in contract law. I should have kept a tally of how many times my professor would say, well, this is legally binding under this law, except bankruptcy. This is completely binding. And then you're under contract law and there's a breach and that's they can sue you unless bankruptcy. And he kept saying it over and over. And it just made me smile because it's so rare to see one law sort of trump another law. And, you know, it's sort of the ace up the sleeve. Otherwise, for a contract or if you owe something, the outside of bankruptcy, like the number of ways you could not owe that other than paying it off. I mean, he made the very dark joke. He was like, well, you know, or you could die. And I was like, that's that's too dark. We can't. That's that's <laughs> there's got to be something else, you know. But as far as like debt forgiveness or sometimes settlement paying less. And that's what it's always meant to me. On that particular concept, it's the reason I've done so many ads to try and say it so many different ways. One of the ways I used to say it was it's like, you know, taking the contract and giving you the ability to rip that contract up. And by ripping it up, it becomes void. It becomes as if it never existed. Okay. And I even use that phrase in certain ads, like the debts are gone as if they never existed. All to try and really get a point across the most important but simple point that bankruptcy really gets rid of debt. Like you mentioned with contracts, in agreements or whatnot, you sign on, you're on, okay? Except when you file bankruptcy. So it's extremely powerful and doesn't just get rid of debt. The minute you file, as you know, as a fellow bankruptcy attorney, there's a thing that's issued automatically by the court, and it's called the automatic stay. And what that is, is just in layman terms, it's just a court order that goes out to all of your creditors, all the bill collectors and everybody just says, hands off, stop where you are, don't do anything else. And it puts them under control so that these other things can be worked out in the case. Okay. In addition to getting rid of debt, in certain circumstances, it'll lower payments on others. I got a lot of smiles from clients when I used the following term, because at first I, I used the word injunction and I realized they're like injunction. I was like, well, restraining order. And they're like, oh, I like that. They are legally forbidden from calling you. And I was like, it's not even that it's not your order. It's like the judge's order. And so if they do call you, they don't get in trouble with you. They actually get hauled in front of the judge who's then going to say, I issued you an order and you violated it. What's your explanation and why shouldn't I penalize you? Right. And I never and thought so about that, that, Sean, but the term restraining order is something that's, again, a legal term. But in this case, it's something that a lot of people are familiar with. Certainly anybody that's had custody or marital problems or, or been harassed or whatnot. But it's also been a term that's been used on enough movies and documentaries and different things that people... And so I hadn't thought about it, but that's an excellent way of saying what that order is. Now, this is on top of the major power, which is gets rid of debt. I mean, and I turn to people and I say to them, I said, imagine your life. If let's say you've got $40,000 worth of credit card debt, 
And I say to him, first thing I do is I want to get at the real number of what that is. And the real number is that number plus all the interest they pay on it. All you got to do for somebody who's paying minimum payments is to say to them, like, of your minimum payments, what is it mostly? And the answer is it's mostly interest. You're paying down very little. In fact, that's what they want you to do. They don't ever want you to get out of debt. They want you to pay the interest. That's how banks make their money. So when you turn to somebody and say, well, like that minimum payments, and they've seen it, their balances don't go down. If anything, they go up. I say, well, by the time you pay off this, say, $40,000, how much do you think you'll pay? And they always say the same thing. They always say, well, at least twice as much. Well, it's usually a lot more than twice as much, but I use that. So I, when I get rid of, I tell them I can get rid of the 40000 it's more accurate to say I'm getting rid of the 80000 because the dollars they pay out, whether it's on principal or interest, are actual dollars. You can touch them and whatnot, and they count just as much. I mean, 80000 whether it's for interest or principal, is still coming out of your bank account. And the most beautiful power of bankruptcy is if, if I can get rid of that, if I can get people to pay attention to the fact that I can make that disappear, which is another term I use, make debts disappear. We've tried everything over the years to try whatever would connect with people. But if I can make that stuff disappear, how would your life be different? And the answer is, it's a tremendous difference if I can get people. First thing is to try and get them in the door so that we can talk to them and let them know how this stuff really works because there's so much crap in people's heads, all of it bad about bankruptcy, and it should be the opposite. It's why I wrote a long poem that's on my website that's called Debt is the Enemy, Not Bankruptcy, and it goes through a lot of different examples. But for most people who just, for whatever reason, they think bankruptcy is the enemy, whereas they should be looking at it like, bankruptcy is your angel. It's your guide. It's the answer to your prayers or whatever term you want to use that is big enough to really get across how wonderful and powerful this stuff really is. Well, we talked about the automatic stay and the fact that when people say, you know, when do I have to pay this back again? The other point to bring up, and it gets a little technical, is the automatic stay is during the case. Well, after the case, is another restraining order. That's the discharge injunction and the discharge order. And so, because I've had people in there like, well, in the chapter seven, the case is three months long. They're like, am I going to get a call in, you know, three or four months about them on this debt? And I was like, no, they can't. They, and I was like, no, they can't call you now. They really can't call you then. Well, the answer is you may get a call. And if you get a call, you know, you need to get in touch with us because if they contact you at all about a debt we got rid of in the case, they are violating the law. And sometimes they will do it because either they don't know any better or because they figured you don't know any better, you the client don't know any better, and they can get away with it. And so we work real hard to get across the fact that when that debt is gone, it's gone fully, finally, and forever. And if anyone ever even gets in touch with you about that, it's a problem. Even on the credit report, it's supposed to, after the bankrupt's put in, it's supposed to show a zero balance. And any, so that's why we have a department in the law firm to deal with those kind of issues post-discharge or after the bankruptcy violations of these, so as you say, restraining orders. I guess that with some attorneys or, or around the United States, they've been able to 
they do it and they get away with it. Well, they don't get away with it with us as long as the client brings it to our attention, which is another reason for us to send even that much more in emails to discharge clients that to remind them of the benefit of that discharge injunction, or as you accurately call it, restraining order. Oh, and by the way, a lot of times we'll get people, the client's money, money damages. In most cases, it doesn't cost them anything to use us because whatever money we get from the credit, we'll take a part and give the clients the rest. It's a win-win for our clients. One other thing, and I think we've both written on this one, is, and this is probably, it's, it's a slightly sad subject, is we've all had the clients, like, the top mistakes we hate to see. The first example I give often is where someone has tried to do debt settlement, and and maybe if they had 50000 in debt and they pulled 25000 or so out of their 401k, maybe they settle some of it, but then there's a couple creditors who won't settle, figure out they have money and are definitely not going to settle. They come in to see us and that money's gone. That's We could have protected it, all of it. It's uh, the worst news to give. It's That's a big mistake because maybe they'd been saving for five years for that. And, and it's their retirement. And they're going to need it. Well, and if it's a retirement, it's even worse because if you take money out of 401k, aside from a slight exception during the COVID period of time, they're going to get taxed on that. The insult so they're injury. going to get, yeah, they're going to add insult to injury, going to get a pre-withdrawal penalty. And then all of that money, which if they didn't take it out and got taxed in retirement, when they maybe have a lower tax bracket, so they're going to get taxed on money that they took out and have already spent. And it can only put them in the deeper position. Now, some of the banks, and maybe it's under the law, they do take out a certain percentage of it to avoid people getting in trouble, but it means you've lost a retirement savings. And yeah, it can be a huge mistake. And it's the reason we do so many ads and so much information out there on our website and everywhere else to try and get people who have debt. Basically, the litmus test is this. If you've got more debt than you can pay, you ought to come see us. It doesn't mean you're going to file bankruptcy, but it does mean that we're going to be able to walk through and tell you how the law works because then you can make decisions based on correct knowledge, correct information, rather than you just kind of assume things work this way, that way. Now, the biggest unfortunate thing, and it's not really a mistake, it's just the way things are, is that people are not used to thinking about bankruptcy at all. And so when they get in debt, Basically, in debt, for, well, the way I'm talking about it is they have the payments are more than the money they have coming in. So they have more debt than they can pay. And it's a natural thing to do certain things first. You're going to look for more income. So maybe a second job or more hours or get a raise in pay or whatever you can do. And possibly putting somebody else in your family to work, your wife or husband, if they aren't working, maybe a child living with you can pay or maybe you can get some income in from friends or relatives and things like that. And the second thing you do is you cut back on your expenses, okay? Wherever you can. Now, there's a lot of things you can't cut back on. You can't cut back on your mortgage unless you can refinance. And even refinancing is not necessarily a good idea because you may get a lower payment for a longer period of time and end up paying even more money in the end result. But 
you'll uh, try and cut back on your expenses. And cutting back on your expenses, the other thing that happens naturally when you cut back on your expenses is you cut back on your lifestyle. You're much more conscious of the money you spend. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but there's a lot of things you cut back on. And some of that may be things you do for your family, the vacations you take, maybe the places you eat. You may stop going out. You know, you may, you know, McDonald's may even start to look expensive to you. You cut back on taking care of your kids or these. When I say that, you'd cut back on doing the things for your kids that you know in your heart you need to do just because you can't. And nothing will give a parent more pain than not being able to do things for their kids. The third thing you'll do is you'll go out and make things worse. You'll go out and try and borrow more money. Borrowing money never got you out of debt. I mean, that's something we say all the time. You're just digging the hole deeper. Now, people do this all. Or higher interest, like payday loans. Oh, yeah. I mean, and well, the more desperate you are for a loan, the higher interest you're going to pay, which you get it, the deeper you are in the hole. Well, it's a natural thing for people to do all those things first. And at some point, so they don't think about bankruptcy. It's not even a word in their vocabulary. They see our ads, they think it doesn't apply to them, okay? And it's generally only when they ripen to a certain thing where nothing else is working and they're desperate and losing a lot of sleep and feeling all the stress and the worry that somebody will come up to them and say, have you ever given a thought to bankruptcy? And even then, they're not ready for that term. And that's such a shame. And especially with so many more people getting into debt over the last year or so, it's exactly the reason why I did an ad, which rather than focusing on the benefits of bankruptcy, the ad starts out with bankruptcy should be the first thing you look at rather than the last. Because I'm hoping to interject that powerful word with all the power behind it earlier into the discussion so that hopefully they don't live through as much of a the pain of working extra hours, the pain of cutting back on the lifestyle, the pain of additional debts they've taken on because of loans. Well, and back to what we were talking about, they're also burning through their resources. They're cracking their nest egg, 401k, home equity, you know, things that we could have otherwise protected. They've now sort of weakened themselves, which is, is counterintuitive. They've actually weakened themselves and made it harder. Yeah. Now, these, again, these aren't really mistakes. They're the kind of things you say, I wish I hadn't done that. It's not a mistake in the sense of it's done and with good intentions, you know. Yeah, the best of intentions in terms of financially, it can be a huge mistake because families can get themselves so bad off that they can never recover, okay? They can have a situation they let gets so far gone that not even filing bankruptcy can help. We have people come in all the time and they're too far gone for even bankruptcy to help and it just tears us up, as you know, because you've been doing bankruptcy law for years. This was one of my first interviews on my own was with a lady and thankfully they're not often, but it happens. And I'd rather talk about something else. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a positive Mm. thing. We help everybody we can help, but as you know, the bankruptcy law is extremely powerful, but it only does what it does. And there are certain debts it can't get rid of. It can't get rid of a student loan so far, unless they change the law, 
and there's a lot of focus on making student loans dischargeable, but there's no knowing what Congress will actually yeah, do. The student loan thing, some people, I mean, just a sort of a fun fact, unfun fact, I guess, is they used to be dischargeable. It's not like we were asking for so much by having them be dischargeable, because in 95 and 2005, one was dischargeable, and then neither were dischargeable from public loans and then private loans. They lobbied hard, and they got what they want. It's strange. There's some sense to non-dischargeable student loans in the sense that it's not a good enough answer, but they said, we're going to make the underwriting really easy so that you can more likely get the loan. The easier we make to get the loan, the harder it is to get rid of it. Well, the problem is that as a result of the easy... One, they're 18 when they get right. it. And they don't know any better. We're, Nobody, we're relying on most, an 18-year-old. Well, a lot of parents don't have those discussions with their kids about being responsible and does this really make sense and whatnot. Some don't know enough to have those discussions. And even the ones that are fully aware and trying to tell the kids, you still got an 18-year-old who, I was 18. I wasn't paying attention to anybody then. I was studying and doing my work in school, but I didn't have the life experience to stop and hesitate and listen the way I, sh I should have. You were dreaming of a successful career in physics. <laughs> yeah. And then went to law school. Other mistakes people make. I mean, the biggest mistake is just, again, it's on, not only a mistake in the sense that it's a timing issue. And the biggest one is not getting in to see a bankruptcy attorney. I mean, every bankruptcy attorney in the United States, as far as I know, does a free consult. And yet, People don't come in to see us because they have so much negative thought about bankruptcy or because maybe they just figure like, I'm going to see a lawyer and lawyers are tricky and, and they're going to talk you into something. That's just not my experience with bankruptcy attorneys. It may be the case with other attorneys. Well, here's the way I thought of it. What if we analogized it over to something else? Like if there was a doctor in town and maybe they were a specialist in cancer and like like maybe I have a mark or something, but the doctor's giving free screenings. I may go in and be like, how does this look? I was at the beach a lot. And I'm not worried about them getting talking me into a procedure. I, I still expect them to be objective. That would be almost unheard of to see, you know, aside from certain free clinics, just, you, you know, a doctor in every town who does free appointments and not just like a short appointment where you get to see the doctor and the seat barely gets warm. With us or even someone else, it could be 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. It's how long do you need? It's something we tried to get across to people forever and ever, amen, and that is that the free consult is free. There's no strings attached. There's no pressure. I tell my staff, I've told you, I tell everybody, I said, look, we're not here to sell bankruptcy. We're here to tell people about bankruptcy. I tell them, don't let me ever catch you selling something that's not right for them. But don't ever let me catch you. Stop trying to convince somebody something of, or at least make sure they understand the full picture on something that's going to save their family. When we say families all day long, every day, if I had my way, I'd go back and somehow I'd like change the word bankruptcy into something else, angel dust or something very positive, right? Because if we could only get across to people how 
positive bankruptcies. It sounds terrible, but it's it's like this. It's like a pretty girl in like a fantasy movie that has been under a curse where all you see is ugly. I've spent a career trying to get that curse off of her so that people can really see the beauty of bankruptcy. That's another term I've used. Bankruptcy is beautiful. Bankruptcy is cool. Bankruptcy is wonderful and fantastic. And all of that's true. Many times I've said in ads, I said, and the results can be amazing. Well, they are amazing. And we see this all the time when we're talking to people that have long since got worked with us, got their bankruptcy discharged, and we get back in touch with them. And you know what they seem to say over and over? Not all of them, but many of them. Filing bankruptcy was the best thing I ever did. And as you know, people have forever, because I've been on TV and whatnot, and people know me by my face and my voice, and they'll stop me in places like Home Depot and Lowe's and the grocery store and things like that. And it's really weird because you know, they don't want to make a big public thing of it. So they'll come up and they'll get right in my space, like, you know, like two inches from my face. It's kind of scary. I figure like, you know, sooner or later, one of them's just going to stab me. But instead of that, yeah, they whisper and they smile. And what they always say is either you saved my family or you helped my mom or whatnot. They're always I've, I've grateful for the help. And it just propels me that much more to try and get the word out and help that many more people. We can save thousands more families every year, not only from the debt, the headaches agonizing over debts they can't afford to pay, and save them thousands of dollars, which they're going to pay out on debts we could have gotten rid of. And every bit of that money is better spent on their kids. And that's actually some of the words out of one of my newest ads. And it's all true. Everything we go over with people is true. One of the most interesting things, and I just got thinking about it recently, is that we're one of the only lawyers you can go to, and we can give you, like if you go in a traffic ticket, maybe can get you out of it, you know, maybe they can't, you know, a criminal thing, who knows what the result's going to be. A divorce, you never know really what the end result. Nobody's going to sit there and tell you exactly what's going to happen. Bankruptcy law is the opposite. As you know, people can come in. And within an hour or so, if we have the facts, we can tell them exactly what the result is going to be. They can leave with a black and white answer in terms of what the result is, assuming that they tell us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Okay? I've had people ask me that. They're like, well, how do you know? And I was like, math. Not to be glib, but it, it just like, here's the math. And here's, that's the, the nice part about it is it's predictable because it just comes down to these equations of here's how much based on your income is this based on how much your assets are. It's this like our plan sheet down to the penny. Yeah. So it's reassuring. So There's a certain right, amount it's of very reassuring. And, and hopefully it's that much more reassuring to a lot of people. I mean, they can still be hesitant about filing bankruptcy because when you come through a bankruptcy lawyer's door, to some degree, you feel like, you know, like, okay, I've lost control of it and I've got to go see somebody else. Nobody likes to reach out for help because you could control your own situation. But I think it helps a lot being able to give people specific answers in terms of I can do this. I can get rid of this debt. I can't get rid of this debt. I can do this. I can't do this. But I can tell you specifically, I can even I can give it to you in writing. We have forms like the benefits of bankruptcy to go down through. We can tell you exactly what's going to happen. 
we can even tell you the time frame of things and everything. It's really amazing in that regard. And I never really thought about it before until I started thinking about it in terms of divorce and things and the all the uncertainty there. The whole world out there right now seems uncertain, but bankruptcy is certain. Like you say, it's like plugging numbers into a formula and we can give you equals a certain result. And I think that's one of the great benefits of it. In fact, in my newer ads, I'm even talking about, we'll get you answers today. Because as you know, when people call up, they want to get answers. And sure, a lot of them will make appointments for the tomorrow and the next day, especially like if they're work and they can't talk right then. But as you know, with the COVID-19 and changing things around, everybody working remotely, we worked around to a point where we can get somebody on that. They call in and if they're ready to talk to somebody, we'll get them across to one of our fully trained people to try and get them answers starting immediately. I mean, it's really a, a super thing we're doing because then there's no delay in getting started to find out what that exact answer is. Yeah. And the final answer does take, I mean, when people say, when they look at all our paperwork, it's all required. That's all putting stuff into the formula, but we are able to ballpark it and get it pretty close where we know, okay, you've got your far this far behind on your mortgage and you've got your cars this much, you know, we can get there. We can give you something. Well, and the reason you're, you're saying it's a ballpark, it's not really a ballpark in terms of the formula. It's a ballpark only in the sense that if there's uncertainty yeah, about, yeah, in other words, we need to have all the facts. And some of those facts have to do with looking at certain documents and whatnot. But if, if we had full knowledge of their circumstance right when they're talking to us, and we don't sit with people anymore, we're talking to them now on the phone, which is great for them because they can get the help they need and never leave the comfort of their couch. How cool is that? That's just kind of a sign of the times. But if I have the exact information, a lot of people will know it off the top of their head, then I can give them exact answers. The only time we'd ballpark it, like you're saying, is if they're not certain about something. So we'll ballpark it. Once we get the other information in, it could be the same day, the next day, the next week, then we can give them the exact answer. But we never file a case. It's very rare, as you know, Sean, that we ever file a case and we don't know exactly what the result's going to be. That brings up another good point of when I looked at other areas of law, people were talking about certain trials or whatever going on for months and years, and they never know when it might end or it might settle. and People are asking them like, well, well, here's the day your case will end with like a chapter seven. I'm like, well, here's your 341 meeting. And then about 60 days after that. So give or take five days. It's over and done. Like all of it. It's completely from beginning to end. Super right. to nuts. Right. And I liked it. It's alacrity. Yeah. I think the point to make that people don't get is that there's nobody decides. You don't find one of these cases and then some judge decides whether you can do it or you don't do it. Now, we do in a chapter 13 versus chapter seven, those are the two chapters, as you know, available to the public. We have to get confirmation or a court approval on a plan, but we've been doing this so long. I mean, we've dealt with thousands of clients every year. We know exactly what's gonna go through and what's not gonna go through. So partly it's the law, but it's our understanding of the law, the kind of thing you only get. That's why people go to experts, go to people who, are the best in their profession because they can get a more comforting and exact answer. 
it's just one of the neat, neat things about this. Well, there was one you brought up with, you said a couple things which are new both to our firm and probably to anyone who would listen. They're like, they're like, okay, I understand about going to see and sitting down for a consultation, but you brought up short phone consult, which is something that we've kind of debuted in light of gestures broadly to all of this. What might someone at the end, when they hang up the phone, how should that person feel? Or what would they have learned? How, you know, how long, even if they're sitting on their couch? Let me first preface by telling a little bit more. Because of all the coronavirus issues and whatnot, any business that could had to adjust to being able to deal with me, people remotely. Even most of our staff is now, and, and probably a lot of them will continue to work from home. And what we found is with the technology available to us, and some of it was there already between phone calls and emails and text messages, there's really not a lot of reason. I mean, it makes like when my wife travels six hours away, I can talk to her on the phone as if she's sitting in the room with me. Well, what happened with COVID is that forced us to send staff home. And what we found out is that worked out. Most staff can work at home, can discipline themselves. And what it did is it allowed us to put in place, which, will, which is now going to be permanent, the ability for somebody to call in, go through everything. And really, it may, right now, even the one court appearance and so on and so forth, all that's being done remotely. And the courts are still up in the air where they're going to continue to do it all remotely. But what they're finding out is by all of us being forced, sometimes you're forced to do something that is is the best thing that could have happened. And we've seen that with having to deal remotely. I mean, think of all the time and energy and money it saves clients not to have to take off a day from work, not to have to hop in the car, not to have to pay for the gas, not to have to come all the way to our office. It has allowed us to reach out not only like an hour from our office, but all across the state to try and help people, no matter how far away they are, because we can do it all over the phone and email, which all of us have kind of gotten used to a little bit over the years. I think it'll gravitate toward more and more video, but we found that that's not critical. We're also using a lot of things that help to intersect with clients like e-signature things, which everyone is familiar with to some degree. If you use a credit card in a grocery store, you are e-signing. It's, you know, you're not signing a piece of paper in most cases now. And contracts. Well, and as, well, the other thing we talked about, our courts have been good about this too. And where for most of this year, our courts have had a lot of telephonic hearings where, you know, whereas, you know, I'd be driving to Raleigh or when I was in Fayetteville going down there, clients had to take off of work too. And so They've even skipped those. And it's nice that our courts kind of, it's kept up and adapted and they seem to be very responsive. And it looks like it may stay this way for a while. The best thing about it is they never gave any thought really to doing things telephonically or over video before. And COVID forced the courts to set up everything because the courts, you know, we had all this social distancing and whatnot. And it forced them to do something that what they're finding out is like, now they've had to work out all the details. And my point in talking with them is to say, look at, 
this isn't something I'm asking you to do, which seems strange and weird. You've had to do the strange and weird, and everybody's gotten used to it. And you've worked out all the procedures involved. You've got a system worked out, and you adjusted a little bit. But we've got this whole thing working. Let's not go backwards. Having people in this day and age come in person is almost archaic based on, and courts can do things with video or whatnot. So if I want to see your face to see if you're lying to me or not, I can tell as much looking at a video as I can if you're standing here in person. Maybe even better, depending on how well you see. Right. But what is done is it has made the whole system much more friendly to our clients. My clients, by definition, are having debt problems. They have more debts than they can pay. The last thing they need is the expense of losing a day from work, driving someplace, you know, paying to put gas in the car, or even maybe trying to find transportation because they haven't had the money to fix or keep the cars they had. So it's really, really been a wonderful transition. It's changed how we present things in our ads or whatnot, because now we constantly say we can do everything over the phone. With us, you can get started and do it all over the phone. And that's true, and that's cool. I don't see us ever changing back because it's a great benefit to the public. Well, and the same for the short phone consults. People, if they call us, they have something... They have a question they want answered as soon as possible. And we've sort of leaned into that some with the short phone consults where, you know, instead of them even possibly coming in the, later that day or the next day, hey, let's see if we can transfer you over to someone right now and get that question answered. It's for the other impatient people out there like me, we really appreciate sort of, I want to, before I go to bed tonight, I have an answer to this question or, Someone can call. They don't have to travel. They can just talk for maybe however long they need till they get their question answered. And then when their spouse gets home, they sit down for a dinner and they're like, here's what I learned today. Let's discuss. They're more armed with some information and maybe a plan. It also gives us a chance to talk to people through many of the myths about bankruptcy. There aren't just myths about banks. So there's myths about everything. You know, no matter what your job is there, if you talk to people that don't do that job, they wouldn't have a full context of what is the correct information about the thing you do. It's that with everything. It's just you learn things by learning things, right? You know, you know things by learning them. And bankruptcy is like that. And there's loads of myths. And it's myths. It's very nature, not true. And the problem with this is that you think they're true. Okay. And because they're true, you make decisions, incorrect decisions based on the incorrect information because, you know, myth equals incorrect information. And that's a big part of what we do if we can get people to pay attention to us, if we can get them to stop and look in our direction. I've said for years and years, and it's just absolutely true bankruptcy, or that is bankruptcy laws, is the biggest secret hidden in plain sight. The only people our clients have spoken to, let's say over the past year, were the creditors calling them every week or every day saying, you have to pay this or else we're going to sue you or else we're going to come get your car or else we're going to knock on your door or foreclose. You're going to put something, you know, your neighbors will see. We've all heard some nefarious shit. So they're never going to get told that 
there's a solution out there which will wipe them out. The creditors are certainly not going to turn to them and tell them that there's an escape hatch. They're not going to tell them that there's a complete, absolute, full get-out-of-jail card, that there's an off-hook for these problems. And bankruptcy is such a big off-hook. I mean, it's really amazing how well these debt settlement places still attract people, but they partly attract people by saying, like, oh, you don't want to file bankruptcy. And that is absolutely, that's just telling you, that's like lying to you. Because with them, as you know, you're still paying back all or most of the debt. You may get a little bit lesser interest rate. Go with me. You don't have to pay the debt back. So there's like no comparison. This is like, and of course, the creditors are never going to turn and say, well, you know, like you ought to go see a bankruptcy attorney, right? That's not in their best interest. In fact, they say the opposite. Oh, you don't want to file bankruptcy. And they feed off of these this horrible sense of the stigma and what we are fighting against. If we could get rid of the stigma of bankruptcy, like I said before, we could save thousands and thousands of more families every month, much less every year. It's just the coolest area of law. It's the oddest area of law because those who don't know, you know, there's a lot to the law and understanding and whatnot. But we know it so well, we know exactly what it can do. It's an odd thing because it's an anti-contract law. All of our lives are built around complying with contracts, keeping our word, so on and so forth. And the one exception to that is bankruptcy, okay? Bankruptcy is like, for instance, the Congress, the United States created contract law or the obligation to comply with an agreement. But the same Congress, the same United States said, comma, except if you can't under certain circumstances. And for that, the escape hatch created by the same people who created the contract law, they created bankruptcy. If only we can get that word out to people. It's just a privilege. And the best thing is to talk to people that have filed, and especially the ones who have gotten their discharge because their lives are completely changed and forever. And that's why we use the terms fresh start and second chance. Again, like when I'm trying to get across the point, like it really kills off debt. Well, I got to a point where I said, it kills off debt so you can live. And that's really what we do. We kill off debt using the federal bankruptcy laws so families can live, in a nutshell. Talking about advice out to the people and things we wish they knew. My one big final question is, and it could be a very short answer, it's just right now everyone's sort of seeking answers, seeking insight, but so uncertain. What's your advice for our fellow North Carolinians right now? Do you have more debts than you can pay? If they're struggling with debt? Yeah, if you're struggling with debt, call us. You don't have to come see us. Call us. Tell us your situation. We'll tell you what you can do. Whether you do it or don't do it or do it later, not now, that's completely up to you. All right? I'm certainly not going to twist your arm over the phone, but you can find out right now, today, right now, as you listen to this thing, stop and call my office if you live anywhere in North Carolina, because we're 
now helping people at all 100 counties. And one thing I don't want you to worry about, and like a lot of people do, is your ability to be able to afford bankruptcy. Now, there's some people we can't help, they're too far gone. But for a lot, a lot of people, their big impediment is, well, I can't even pay my bills now. How can I afford to pay a bankruptcy attorney? And the answer is zero money down. A long, long time ago, we decided to offer a product. It's a Chapter 13 product, which is great. Chapter 7, 13 are two ends of the same stick, where most of the people qualify for us to file your case and you don't put any money out whatsoever. And we're able to do that because even though there are fees to use our services, we put them in a plan and they get paid out over a period of time. Bankruptcy works because it costs less than not doing bankruptcy. And that's maybe the most important thing. There isn't like, if the debt I get rid of, you don't have to pay. How cool is that get? You don't have to pay the debt. You don't have to pay the interest. But like in 13, most generally speaking, except for if there's a house or a car involved, the money you're paying is just to pay the attorney fee over a period of time. But it's a lot of times as simple as taking like, you're supposed to pay $600 a month down to 100. You're supposed to pay 800 down to 200 or something like that. You're not worse off. And if you don't have to put any money up front, and we got started doing this because I saw so many car ads that said 000. In fact, they even have that 70 ad, which is on our website, billsbills.com, which is zero for the initial consultation. If you qualify, zero money down. Even other areas of law. Like personal injury attorneys have been doing this forever. Sure. A personal injury attorney, no one would hire a personal injury attorney if he... Pay me for two years up front. If he charged you money up front. So what he does is he'll get a recovery for you. He'll take a part of it, okay? But you're not having to pay any money in the meantime. And that's how, by and large, our practice is set up, at least with respect to 13. With respect to Chapter 7, a lot of people think, oh, I got to file a bankruptcy. Chapter 7, I don't even know where that comes from. Chapter 7 has its place, but it's one where, by the law, an attorney's got to get all his money up front. People that can't afford to do that, we don't have a choice. If we don't get our money up front, that whatever we don't get paid, we it gets discharged in the case. We're treated like any other creditor. So I tell clients all the time, I said, do you really want an attorney who is stupid enough to wipe out his own debt by filing you in bankruptcy without getting paid. And most clients are say, yeah, I don't want somebody that's stupid. So it's a great, great thing. And there was still the benefit of a seven in that, because like I said earlier, the case is only three months. So overall, the cost of it is, you know, just a fraction. And so for most people, they can afford that even, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that they can afford it, but it's not quite half our I mean, case. chapter seven? Yeah, chapter seven. It depends. If somebody, look at, if first off, they have to be able to afford the fees up front, okay? And a lot of people can't. Or even some of the ones that can, you know, the money they're using, they've already burned through whatever cash they have and maybe even sold some things or whatnot. And for them, they may have some small amount of money left, enough to pay for the chapter seven, but that may be their nest egg. That may be the money they need to pay for that next transmission or the, the dryer goes out or whatever. And so I would just as soon, we put them in a 13, which we can get them the help almost immediately. They don't have to wait around to make payments to us. 
Now, 13 costs more, but it costs more because we have more work to do and we're on, on the hook for a much longer period of time. There's more things it can do. I mean, so yeah, 13 is like you'd written in your thing and I'd written in mine is there's so many benefits. You know, if someone's behind on a house or a car, there's no substitute. Like cramming down on the car, catching up a car. Well, and as you know, you owe a bunch of taxes. Right. As you know, I just wrote a blog where I put down, I put down 21 different reasons in a blog post why somebody'd want to do a 13 versus a seven. And one of them, of course, is they can't come up with the money or don't want to come up with the money to file a seven. And then there's a whole bunch of other reasons, including a bunch of legal reasons. Again, it's a mystery to the public, but it's the kind of thing that we explain all day long because we want people to trust us. We want people to feel comfortable. Nobody is going to feel comfortable going ahead with something if we don't make them feel comfortable and knowledgeable and that we're not out to trick them. There's a reason we have over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. And all somebody's got to do is look at those reviews, read a few of them, and you'll know that they can trust us. I would never turn to somebody and say, trust me, but there is the social proof there that trusting us is exactly the thing we do. And as you know, Sean, we only keep people working for us in the various different categories or roles if they love people and they're good with people and they treat people with the kindness, loving, care, and respect that we and all human beings deserve. If we get somebody who, and you know, you never know because hiring somebody is just another first date, right? And how many first dates did we marry? But if we get somebody that turns out to be not a people person, doesn't really care about people, they don't last with us. I get rid of them because everything they do, I know. But everything they do, they do in my name. And I want my name to be synonymous with he cared and took care of people. And they have to be. I mean, there's because when people come in, not to generalize, but sometimes they are, you know, either embarrassed or sort of emotionally fragile. They've because they've been, I, you know, they could show me in the end of an interview their phone. They're like, I've had seven calls since I've been sitting here. And I've had well, and another thing, another thing I've found in dealing with people, they feel a tremendous amount of shame. Now, it's interesting because they even feel shame when it's completely not their fault. Medical bills. I mean, I some mean, people, yeah, some people sick. overspend and wish they hadn't. I guess you could say that's their fault, but they didn't know any better. Nobody gets in debt to give themselves pain on purpose. But it's interesting, they'll still feel shame, even if, like you said, it's just medical bills. Nobody gets sick on purpose. You build up medical bills you can't afford to pay, or you have emergencies come up, or things happen with your kids or whatever. And it's a big part of what we do is to say, to walk them through and say, there is no reason to feel shame. And shame is just going to hold you back from getting the help you need. In other words, you can sit and punish yourself forever. And if that's what you got to do, you know, do it. I mean, if you got, if, if I get somebody in, I had one girl one time came in and she had all these debts and she turned to me and she said to me, she said, I need to be punished. And so I stood up and I told her, I said, look, thank you for coming in, but that's not what we do here. If you need to be punished, you're going to have to find somebody else to do that. We're here to solve your debt problem. 
That's what we do. You have debts, you give them to me. You have debts, you give them to me. You have debt problems, you give them to us. Okay? We are the answer. We are not the problem. For uh, clients coming in, I mean, you have to be a people person, and it, it it takes a toll on you. I mean, I'm I mean, we've heard about this year with like nurses and doctors, and I mean, ours doesn't compare. You know, I've talked people through some tough times. I've seen one of the biggest truck drivers. He looked like the guy from the Green Mile, and he cried. And that that, that almost got me too. People are um, struggling right now, and we don't see it when we walk around. It's got to be there. There's so many people out of jobs or right now trying to figure out how to make how to do Christmas for their kids. How can they afford this? They'll say, I'll just uh, figure this out next month when the bill comes or fingers crossed my tax refund. I get everybody out of debt for free because it just it makes such a, a big difference. And and if there's nothing else you learn doing bankruptcy law, is it's just how much pain and suffering and struggle there is out there. I mean, I just don't know how single moms do it, for instance. And that doesn't mean that a husband and wife with kids is necessarily any better off always. It depends on who's working or when they come in. But, you know, my hat's always off to the moms. In this day and age, the moms are having to work and then still taking care of the kids. And there's nobody, nobody who works harder and is appreciated less than a single mom. I feel for all of them. I want to help them all. I just hope, you know, if somebody sees this stuff, they stop and call us and get in and talk to us. Maybe we can help you. Maybe we can't, but you can find out for free. Otherwise, you're, it's like walking in the darkness. You don't know where the stairs are. You don't know where the pits are. You don't need to walk in the darkness. We can, at least from a point of view of knowledge, take you from the dark to the light. So anybody that's out there, please just stop. If you're listening to this, you probably have a debt problem. If you have a debt problem, the very next thing you ought to do is call our firm because we can give you, if we can give you comfort, we can give you comfort immediately on the phone or within a few minutes or a half an hour. And then, you know, we may have to get more information after that. Does it mean you're going to file? No, we don't make that decision. But let us at least show you what bankruptcy can do for you and your kids. Because of the debt I get rid of, the more debt I get rid of, the more money is freed up for your kids, which is exactly where it ought to get spent. I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much, everyone. Keep an eye out for number two. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Orcut Answers. To learn more about today's discussion or to schedule a consultation with one of our attorneys, visit our website at billsbills.com or call us day or night at 888-234-4190. The insights and views presented in Orcut Answers are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not a substitute for consulting with an attorney, nor does tuning into this podcast constitute an attorney-client relationship of any kind. We are a debt relief agency. We help people file for bankruptcy relief under the bankruptcy code. If you're ready to talk to someone who understands what you're going through, contact the law offices of John T. Orca today. 